I played basketball in high school and my coach said I had a credit card vertical. He could barely slide a credit card <laughs> when I would jump. And this morning I did an orange theory and they had us doing j- jumps and stuff. I'm like, I mean, I've got, I've not gotten any better. It hasn't gotten any better. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to a special edition of the Big Ass Runner podcast called The Coaching Corral. Here we talk to trail running coaches about all kinds of stuff to help trail runners cross the finish line. So mosey on in, watch your step, and stay a while. Here's your host, Coach Clydesdale himself, Jeff Harrell. Well, welcome back to the Coaching Corral. Today we have in the corral Coach Melody. Coach Melody, welcome back. Thanks. Happy to be here. And Coach Greg. Coach Greg, watch your step. Good to be good to have you back. <laughs> Glad to be back. You know, it is a corral. There are some uh, Clydesdales you know, roaming around, so you gotta gotta be a little bit careful. Well, we've gotten such good feedback on this coaching corral kind of mini it's not really a mini series. It's just, it's just bonus content for the big ass runner herd. And so I've gotten such great feedback. Today we're gonna talk about this is actually submitted by some of our listeners, and it's this idea of, okay, I know I need to run in my training. I think I need to strength train in my training. I like to cross train in my training. How do I balance all of those? And so we'll start with Coach Melody. Coach Melody, how are you thinking about that with your athletes? Does it depend on what your athlete likes to do? How are you coaching your athletes through that? I am so excited for this topic. I think this is a fun topic. So I think it depends. I think you, you hit it. it. It depends on what the athlete's priorities are and, and what their goals are. So when it comes to balancing running with cross training and, and strength training, the trick is to look at the overall load. One of the biggest mistakes that I see people make is, is they're a runner and they're like, oh, I need to start strength training. And they just add like, you know, an hour of strength training every other day, three to four days a week. And all of a sudden that's three or four hours of strength training added on in in one week. And that's just too much for your body to handle. Right. So if you want to add strength training, the trick is to add just a little bit at a time. I always recommend three to four, like 15 to 20 minute easy body weight sessions a week and, and grow from there. Um, or what you do is you need to cut back on your running a little bit and make room for the strength training. Uh, another rule that I have is you only progress in one area at a time. And so this kind of depends on where you're at in your training cycle. Most of the time, you know, during the off season or in the winters, when we'll bring back the mileage and, and do more strength training. And, and what I mean by progressing one area at a time is, uh, you want to, progress a little bit at a time, right? So you're either going to increase your mileage, increase the intensity, or increase your weightlifting. You're not going to increase your mileage and weightlifting all in one week. You're going to do it one at a time. And it, and this this can get kind of tricky. This is where I'd say get a coach who can help you manage that load. And then, so that's as far as strength training goes. Now, when it comes to cross training, we're all athletes. We like to move and there's so many different ways to move. And, um, 
you know, I, I have a few clients who they, they like to do a lot. I have one client who does hockey. I have another client who's also training for some mountain bike races. I, I personally love like karate and, and kickboxing and, and wouldn't want to stop that. So, so, um, I would talk to the athlete, like I said, figure out what their priorities are, figure out what their goals are and, and figure out how to incorporate some of those other fun things into their training. Yeah, and I want to ask a follow-up because I think I think all three of us on on this call enjoy cross training, enjoy strength training, do different things, be it Peloton or BMX or the black belt, couldn't karate and all that. So I guess a question I have, I'll go back to you, Melody, and then we'll go to Greg, is is there a minimum amount of running? Because I think sometimes you can look at the plan and go, or if someone doesn't have a coach that's pointing this out to them. I'm not doing any running and I'm training for a race. I'm training for for running. And you, you know, you hear the Jim Walmsley's of the world that kind of spoil it, I think, for a lot of people. All he does is run and does these incredible numbers of miles. But you gotta remember he's elite. His DNA is different than most of ours. How do you coach your athletes to say, you know, here's kind of a minimum threshold in terms of the amount of running we need to do? Well, you want to make sure that you're getting enough recovery. And if your priority and your goal is to run this race, then we are going to have to cut back on some of these other things that we like to do and know that it's not forever. It's just during this training period. Then once we get to the winter and the off season, then you can you can do your Zumba and, and your swim and, and your things more like you like to do. Maybe for for most of my athletes with, with things like this, we usually will cut it back to once, once or twice twice a week. But if you're training for a race, you have to run. And it depends on, you know, a lot of these questions are hard because it's like, it it depends. It just depends on how long you've been training, what your race is, what your previous race experience is like. But yes, if you are in a race training cycle, you're going to have to cut back on some of that stuff. Yeah. The the closer you get to the race too, I think the more specific you want to be. And if you're going to be running a race to be specific, you need to be running as well. And Coach Greg, one of the things you, you told me early on is the better the athlete, the better the runner. I know you're a big believer in fitness and being a good athlete. How are you coaching your athletes relative to strength training, cross training, and, and what's enough and what's too much? Yeah. So I, I'm a big fan of cross training. Majority of my athletes are older, master's athletes. So, you know, let's face it, running is super fun and it's really hard on the body. Man. Ideally, or not ideally, but I'd love to be able to run seven days a week. I can't because I would just crumple in the dust. So I use the bike. That's my preferred way to cross train. I have a spin bike. I have a gravel bike. I have a mountain bike. I have a road bike. So it allows me to do low impact cardio aerobic building. So it's still still building my aerobic base, but I'm doing it in a lower stress way, unless I crash. And that's happened before. That's, but that's uh, a high ideally, stress. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ideally, whatever crushing you're doing, it's a it's something that's not stressing your body the same way running is. So it's a good way to add on additional volume, especially if you're a newer runner. And it's, it's funny, Jeff, you, you mentioned Jim Walmsley. And uh, I think it was his second time training to win Western States. He had a uh, pretty bad IT band injury, and he was riding an indoor spin bike. He was having to supplement a lot of the volume that he would do running, and he was on the bike. I think he's still, I think Wahoo, they're still sponsoring him. I don't know how much he's riding anymore, but he did 
he still he had to do quite a bit of bike volume just to stay healthy. And he, I think he, he still ended up breaking that Western States record. So it, it worked out pretty well for him. So not only for newer runners, but those that are coming off of injury where you can't you can't run the volume that you wanted. So you can supplement some of that training on something that is, is low impact. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. There's lots of ways to incorporate it in your, in your training. Uh, but it gives you another option to continue to become a better athlete and continue to improve your endurance, but minimize some of the risk and minimize some of the impact and the stress on your body. Yeah, that's awesome. And I want, I want to stay with you, Coach Guy, because I, I think sometimes you get athletes that are fairly new new to running. And what you were good about with me was I loved to Peloton. You knew that, so you worked that into my plan. I pickleball. You, you know, you're like, you're good, you can do it on these days. But sometimes you get you get newer runners that don't have any other things that they they do. And so I'm curious to know if you've got someone brand new, you're like, I'm not going to program running the whole time, but what are some of the other things that you would work with them on? Would you kind of dive into what are their interests? Or maybe it's just someone coming to the table with no other interests. How, how do you work with them? Right. Yeah, just move. You can walk fast. That's a, that's a good way to still have time on your feet. Um, obviously you're not going to get your heart rate up nearly as high. It depends on how you're, you know, if you have access to a steep mountain, uh, you can still stay in a zone two endurance building zone, uh, just hiking up a steep climb. So ideally just whatever you enjoy to do, you can do that on your uh, off days, as long as it's not taking away from your running. Like you mentioned, some, maybe some of the melodies like karate, you know, maybe doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu before your long run is probably not a good idea. There's some joint <laughs> manipulation. That's probably not ideal uh, to going into running or in even like playing basketball. I love playing basketball. My Achilles would snap into if I tried to yep. try to jump right now. Um, so there are definitely uh, cross-training activities that you probably would not want to do on a quote easy day but there's several low impact you know you if you like to swim you know it's obviously there's no weight bearing in there and it's a good way to flush some of the soreness that you'd have out on the run obviously bike i love a stair climber because the stair climber you can get your heart rate up pretty fast and even on my non-run days i will do a steep incline hike and but that's also specific training for mountain ultras that i'm doing so there's lots of ways to get creative, but make sure that since you, you know, we're trying to be runners first, just don't do any activities that are, are going to possibly compromise the run the next day. Yep. That's, that's a good word. And, and Coach Melly, I know you're very passionate about strength training. Are there certain strength training areas where you really like your athletes to focus on, be it accessory work or core work? Are there some certain things that you really, you know, I'm pretty much going to program these kinds of things for every athlete. For sure. So the main things that I have my athletes do when we get into strength training, it's really important that your glutes and your 
core are strong. And it's important that you know how to activate them and use them together. So I do a lot of like bridges and deadlifts are really, really good. I also always throw in single leg work because running is basically you're just jumping from one leg to the other the entire time, right? So lots of single leg work, lots of hip work and lateral movement since running is all you know, in this in this frontal plane, we want to go side to side. So lateral lunges. Um, one of my favorite exercises in the world, I add this um, for everybody, is three-way hip. I don't know if you're familiar with that exercise, but three-way hip is so good um, just for stabilizing your hip and working on your single leg balance. Yeah. Oh, and then plyometrics. Plyometrics are really important just for hanging on to your bounce and working on your your speed and your power. I've I've noticed especially with distance runners is they tend to lose I call it their bounce. They get they get really really flat. And I know that you guys know what I'm talking about. So adding plyometrics just to keep your bounce, keep your, you know, muscles and joints alive and bouncy, I think is really important. That resonates a little bit too much with me, uh, Coach Melody. When I was, I played basketball in high school and my coach said I had a credit card vertical. He could barely slide a credit (laughs) card when I would jump. And this morning I did an Orange Theory and they had us doing jumps and stuff. I'm like, I've got, I've not gotten any better. It hasn't gotten any better. Couldn't have gotten any worse, which I guess is fortunate. But I want, I want to stay with you, Coach Melody, because I know you're a big believer too in body weight exercises. So some, what are some of the body weight things in terms of strength? Cause sometimes people think, Oh, I got to do strength training. I don't have any weights. I, I don't want to go join a gym. I don't belong to orange theory or whatever. What are some of the body weight things that you would program? Yeah, honestly, it really does not have to be complicated. And I think the most basic exercises are the most important and the most effective. So, um, pushups, I think Working your upper body as a runner is incredibly important. I feel like we forget how important our our upper body is for our posture. If you've ever, I'm sure most people, if you've run a marathon, you remember how you feel after your marathon. Your shoulders and your arms felt like terrible. And you're like, what the heck? Like, why do my arms hurt? You use your arms and your upper body a lot when you run. So push-ups, planks, deadlifts. You can do deadlifts without weight, even just the movement of doing a deadlift. Uh, Squats are good. Hill raises, super, super good. When it comes to core work, I'm a big fan of more like isometric, targeting like the deep transverse abdominis instead of like instead of your top core muscles. So honestly, I would avoid sit-ups aren't bad, but you're not targeting your deep core muscles. So doing things like planks, Honestly, every runner should do planks. Planks, uh, dead bugs are really good because on on top of targeting your deep core muscles, you're also getting the like reciprocal arm and leg movements like when you're running. So that's a that's what I'd say. Even if those are the only body weight exercises you did, you know, just spend 10 or 15 minutes doing that after a run, it's going to make a huge difference for you. We had uh, Kelly Monica on the show, actually, I think she did a video too for our YouTube channel. And I said, what are the three core exercises every runner should do? And it was plank, dead bug, and I think maybe bird dogs. Mm-hmm. And so you hit on two out of the three of them. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Coach Greg, I know you're, you're also working with your athletes relative to some body weight stuff and some other strength training. What are some of the things that you're thinking about? Yeah, so obviously strength training is a is a big depends as well because it depends on what experience you have. If you're comfortable in the gym, 
lifting heavy weight. I'm a, I'm a big fan because it's a, apart from the, just the durability issue, it's going to help your performance. So, you know, it can start something as easy as like Melody said, you know, right after your run, you, you do 10, 13, 10 to 15 minutes of basic, you know, you do a lower body, you know, squat, lunge, hinge, then you do a push. It can be push-ups, or you could do a chest press if you have weights, shoulder press, and then a, like a curl or a, a row or pull down if you have a cable of some sort. And then one of those three core movements, and that is enough, if you do that two or three times a week after your runs, um, that's a great way to keep yourself healthy. Now, if you're more comfortable in the gym and you're comfortable lifting heavy, it's hard as a coach and not a personal trainer either, it's hard to prescribe you know, go deadlift 200 pounds if there's no one watching you, right? But if, uh, if again, if something comfortable that you're comfortable with and you're wanting to squat heavy and deadlift heavy, I'm a big fan of that. Now, if you're doing that and you are, say, doing a more of a typical marathon training cycle where you have really hard like tempo runs and intervals, I would recommend doing your heavy weights on those days. So if you're running a tempo run on Tuesday, you do you do your heavy weight in the afternoon. You're running intervals on Thursday. You do your heavy weight Thursday afternoon. That way, your two hard days, Tuesday and Thursday, are really hard. And then the other days are your easy run days and your non-heavy. You can do the like, PT-style strength and mobility. So you definitely have to structure your strength training differently depending on what your run schedule looks like now on the other side um ultra running which i you know i like to say marathoning is an is a science there's a lot of history and a lot of good coaching around it and ultra running especially in the higher distances is is a bit of an art so for ultra runners i think we can be a little bit more flexible you know typically you have uh, athletes trying to do the back-to-back long runs that's very normal in ultra running training but some athletes might not be able to get away on a saturday and sunday and i have one uh, she's now training for her first 50 miler we have her in the gym on saturday lifting heavy and then she goes into her long run on very fatigued legs so it's purposeful you know, the purpose of those back-to-back runs is learning how to run on fatigued legs. So we're purposely trashing her legs. And then she goes into that long run compromised. So she's learning it that way. So there's a way to structure it, knowing that, you know, the run's not going to go great. If you're going to do a, if you're going to try to do, you know, a 20-mile long run with 10 miles at marathon pace, obviously you wouldn't you wouldn't do a heavy leg day before because there's no way you're going to hold those paces. So it really, it's like, it, it depends. It depends on what the goals of your training are and what you are training towards so that you, you would structure. Yeah. You would definitely structure your strength training differently in the week around your, your key runs. Yeah. I think uh, there's athletes like Nick bear has made this idea of hybrid athletes, you know, more acceptable. I think, you know, I think traditional history always said, well, the heavier you are, the more muscle you have, the more you've got to carry around when you're running. So I, I think, you know, these hybrid athletes have helped kind of change the narrative a little bit around build, you know, strength and muscle and things like that. But there is one key. And if someone didn't catch the episode, I think it was two episodes ago, I want to go to Coach Melody. Coach Melody, should you strength train on a recovery day? No, 100. No, but that's it. The answer is just no. (laughs) 
you want your hard days to be hard, your easy days to be easy. Just to like reiterate what Coach Greg said is when you have a hard run day or a, a speed work day, that's when you want to do your weights. And on your recovery days, just take it easy. That's when you want to do yoga and stretch, and but do not strength train on recovery days. Yep. I, I teed that one up for you. I knew you were passionate about that. And the, and the quote is so good too. So we're, we're, we're going to make that bumper sticker someday. <laughs> well, let's wrap it up. Um, this has been a great topic. And I think one that, that athletes going to struggle with, you know, they, they know they probably need to do some, they don't know how much. So maybe we'll end on if you, if you're coaching an athlete, I know it depends on the athlete, but are there some percentage of someone's listening going, okay, how much, Running should I do relative to strength training, cross training, and, and recovery? Are there some ratios that you guys work with, or does it kind of depend on the athlete? And we'll start with you, Coach Melody. You know, it really depends on the athlete. And I know people hate the answer. Uh, I wish that there was like a really solid ratio, but it just it depends on the athlete. It depends on what your priorities are. It depends on what your goals are. It depends on your prior experience. And so I'm just going to say again, like, if you've never worked with a coach before and, and you're really struggling with this, I feel like this is when you want to get a coach is to help figure out this balance because it can get really tricky. Yep. Totally agree. Coach Greg. It, it really depends on the athlete and, and what they're training for. And it's probably no ideal ratio, right? But if you just want to start with those uh, two to three days and just start with body weight and everyone, no matter what level could benefit from body weight, training to work on their durability you know shore up any weaknesses almost all runners from the beginners to experience are weak in the hips weak in the glutes unless they've specifically been doing the strength training that we've talked about so and in, in a lot of the injuries even down to the plantar fasciitis come from weak hips and weak glutes so i think uh i think everyone can start there with just two or three days of do the push pull what to say lower push pull and core and that's the easy easy way to design a strength training program for yourself with keep it simple and i don't think uh i think you're not in danger of uh injuring yourself starting that way love it great advice from you both coach greg if someone wanted to to contact you what's the best way for them to do that i'm on instagram at ultra ninja runner ultra ninja with runner without without an e i forgot it i forgot even how to spell my uh <laughs> my own handle so ultra ninja runner without an e and coach melody best way to find me is also on instagram and my handle is at the pine tree runner awesome and you can reach me at jeff harold yo on instagram and big ass runner with little whatever little underlines i don't know what those things are called you'll find me just don't <laughs> stop I always tell people, if you're going to search for Big Ass Runner on Instagram, don't stop at Big Ass because you'll get some stuff you do not want to see. Keep typing. Keep typing. You'll find us. Well, this has been awesome. It's going to mess up your algorithm. (laughs) (laughs) This has been awesome. So appreciate both of you and your expertise and uh, can't wait for the next one. So thanks so much for joining the the Coaching Corral. Thanks so much. See you guys next time. Can't wait to be back. Thanks. See you guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of The Coaching Corral. And did you know that you can find video versions of The Coaching Corral on YouTube? 
you go to youtube.com, search at Jeff Harrell, you will be able to find my YouTube channel. And I believe we've got two now posted on that YouTube channel with more to come. So you can see what Coach Greg, Coach Melody, and El Jefe here look like. I hope you enjoy that. Well, thanks again for listening. If you have topics that you want the coaches to tackle in the coaching crowd, please send them in. We would love to cover them for you because this is all about providing value to the Big Ass Runner herd. So you can email me at jeff at bigassrunner.com. Well, with that, get out there, hit those trails. We'll see you next time.